it has been a very hot week in Central Oregon, 90s, upper 90s. Yesterday I, I took a bike ride at about 5 in the afternoon and it was probably 97 degrees. I rode 10 miles through the park, Minto Brown Park, I think I've talked about that before I get back. And, and my stepson, of course, had been upstairs in his air-conditioned room playing video games. He came down a little later and he said, where you been? I said, I was out riding the bike in 95 degree weather. He goes, ah, sounds horrid. I thought it was a great word. He's got a great vocabulary. So it was horrid, but I enjoyed it. I got back in the shade and it was much cooler back there. So that was a lot of fun. So um, it's Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. So glad you could join me this week. Uh, we help small to medium-sized businesses take their trade show marketing to the next level with consultation and either new exhibits or exhibit upgrades. I have a couple of books out. Here's one of them, uh, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. The other is called Trade Show Success, uh, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level. They're both available on Amazon. Uh, but you know, if you are in the exhibit world and uh, you're interested in you know doing some more work in the exhibit world and upgrading your exhibit, give me a call. I'll, I'll send you a copy. I really will, yeah. So today on the podcast slash vlog, uh, I have a cool and fun interview to share with a guy I ran across online um, named Thor Conklin. Uh, he has some interesting stories, without a doubt. His company is Peak Performance Group. He's out of Atlanta, and he works with companies and executives to help them break through to their next level of achievement. Uh, so we had some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, on this interview, we touch upon micro-commitments, the daily little things that really count. Uh, execution killer is what holds you back because execution is everything. And what happened when he lost a third of his team on 9-11? So here's how that interview went. It's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'd like to welcome Thor Conklin from uh, Peak Performers to the program. Uh, Thor, it's great to have you. I've never interviewed someone named Thor, so there's, there's a first every day, I think. So thanks for joining me. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. So tell me about, uh, you have the, the, the company, is it Peak Performers? Am I missing? A, what's, what's the name of the company? Uh, Peak, Peak Performance Group. Peak Performance Group, okay. Yeah. And, and tell me just a little bit about that, how long that's been going and, and where, where that grew out of. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a pretty interesting story. So we're, ex we're an executive coaching firm and a profitability consulting firm. And uh, it was started about three years ago, and it was actually birthed as a result of me um, killing my sixth company. I couldn't figure out how to make a profit. So I said, well, what's, what would be a great, you know, next company to start? Let's start a profitability consulting firm because I definitely figured out how not to do it. Right. Uh, you know, you would think on the sixth one, after having five successful starts and exits, that they should all just keep rolling. Uh, and I learned it was a big shock that something wasn't right. I was missing something. So uh, I didn't want to see anybody else go through the pain that I had to go through. So when you say executive coach, do you work one-on-one -on -one with, uh, with like a CEO or those upper level management uh, or do you work with companies or is it both? Yeah, actually both. Great question. So uh, a lot of times it starts with the CEO and uh, as they get results, they're like, well, wait a second, you know, our sales team could use some help or our CFO could use some help or uh, so it generally expands uh, from there. But if the leader's not doing what's necessary, uh, it's obviously difficult to have a great organization. And you also are, are, I can tell you're comfortable in front of a mic and a camera. You have a podcast. Uh, tell, me, tell me about the podcast. Thanks. Uh, peak Performers Podcast, where I interview peak performers, whether it's business. That's the majority of the folks. Uh, but I have people on for relationships, health and fitness. You know, to me, it's interesting because clients come to me and they're like, okay, I need help in my business. I'm like, great. 
So how are things going in your relationship? They're like, no, I need help in my, uh, my business. I'm like, great. Let's, <laughs> let's figure out the foundation first. How's your health? How's your mind? How's your right. relationships? Then we can talk about the business because if the other ones aren't there to support it, you know, we're just limping along. I would agree. And, and, and so you have to kind of look at the whole, the holistic view of your, your yeah. life and the relationships in, in business and personal uh, friendships, uh, your, your, yeah. your financial status, all, all those types of things tie into how you can move forward effectively or not. I, I would uh, very much agree with you. Uh, you mentioned you sent me some great information. And one thing that's, that kind of stood out at me is you've done some, some physical challenges, physical mental challenges, I'm sure, yeah. uh, every year, including the uh, going through SEAL training with uh, U.S. Navy SEALs. Uh, you climbed the mountain. Uh, you're doing the Ironman this year. Okay, let's touch on that. What's going on with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm in the middle of uh, Ironman training. I've got about uh, 11 weeks left. I actually added in another Ironman a couple weeks before the one I was initially uh, scheduled for, just so I didn't have to train as much. I figured if I if I ran a race, my coach would have to rest me like a horse, uh, and that's actually going to be true. But now I've got two pre to prepare for. But it was really about taking what I wasn't able to do. I wasn't able to swim 2.4 miles. I was I've never ran a marathon and 112 miles on a bike and do that all in one day in 17 hours seemed impossible to me right. back in November. And it's about doing little things every single day where you just start to get stronger. And uh, I'll put them all together and September 30th, uh, I'll finish under 17 hours, 140 mile uh, day. So you got two and a half months and it's coming up. So It's, it's yeah, coming yeah. up. I just got uh -huh. done with the, uh, the pool. I probably got some chlorine still. Uh, <laughs> so the swimming, uh, interesting. Uh, if you asked me to ski 50 miles downhill, I would do that any day of the week, you know, as long as there's good snow, right? I'm a, I'm a ski bum, so. Yeah. Uh, and I bicycle a lot. But yeah, I think it's great. Let's talk about those. Uh, you talk about micro commitments. I think that's what you're referring to a little bit every day. Yeah. So yeah. what are they and how do they help to move us forward? I'm just curious what your, your input in on that is. Yeah. So, so what I found in my life uh, and everything that we do in our organization as a result of me being the first client. Uh, and me being continuing to be the client because it wasn't really to fix other people's issues. It was about trying to fix my own issue. I was like, you know, I had this, I would, my go-to was, let me figure out how I just go from A to Z in one move, right? It's like not about taking little chunks. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And I realized that everything I was trying to do, I was trying to make these huge leaps. And I realized the secret was that just take a little bit every single day and you start to stack and you start to make great results. I've yeah. got 540 uh, episodes of the podcast I started two and a half years ago. If you told me how to do 550 episodes in two and a half years, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But it just started with one and then one and one and one and one. And pretty soon you turn around. It's like, wow, it really created something. So micro commitments are every single day I wake up and I said, okay, what can I do that is going to move the needle? I'm not trying to solve the issue. I'm not trying to get from A to Z, but what can I do to just move the needle a little bit? Uh, you brought up the Ironman. You know, I'm not a great swimmer. So when I'm... I, the last uh, half Ironman I did, which was 70 miles, I'm swimming in the Gulf of Mexico and it's a mile and a half course. You can't even see kind of where you turn, but there's buoys that keep you on track. And as I was swimming, I wasn't trying to figure out how to get to the finish line. I was trying to figure out how to just get to the next buoy. Right. So I get to the next buoy, then I do a little, you know, breaststroke and then catch my breath a little bit. I'm like, all right, I just got to get to the next buoy. And even on the run, you know, it was a little run, it was a little jog. But it was all about getting to the next stop sign. And then when I got to the stop sign, I said, you know, let's just go 10 more feet. And I just did that throughout the entire race. And all of a sudden, you turn around. That was 13 miles. But it was just 
you know, a couple 50 yard steps at the same, you know, one after another. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it because it does, if you just kind of take the little, little bit of thing that you need to do right now and get you that far. And then what's next? Uh, you know, I, I took a, a year of uh, training for Sandler sales and, and learned a lot of great things out there. But one thing that really stood out is it's kind of the same concept. And, and, and that is if you control your behavior, don't worry about the outcome. Yeah. You just control your behavior. And so the outcomes will take care of themselves as long as you are, are doing what you need to do on a daily basis, breaking it down to the, the smallest piece. And, and that's really, that concept has really helped me. So Yeah, yeah we talk uh, about critical actions all the time. Yeah, and you also talk about uh, the execution killers, uh, things that keep you from getting your goals. I'm sure there's a lot of those, but where do you come in on that? Yeah, you know, what I, what I initially found was as humans, we run around thinking that we're missing something. Um, we go from seminar to seminar, we go from book to book, we go from podcast to podcast, and we, we're constantly in this search of trying to figure out what we're missing. Ah, the shiny object syndrome, yes. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's like, you know, what, what is it? And what happens is we just keep piling more and more stuff into our lives and we're overwhelmed and we can't execute because we're just bogged down. 95% of the time when executives or, or business owners, uh, teams are not executing at the highest, it's not because they're missing something they need to eliminate something. There's something getting in the way. They've got a Ferrari. They've got the thing floored, but they also have the emergency brake pulled, but they don't know they have it pulled. Mm. So I started to you know, sit down and say, okay, what is getting in the way of execution? And I figured I'd come up with like, you know, the five things that get in the right. way of execution. And then it was 10, then it was 20. I was like, wait a second. So uh, at this point I've identified 85 different things that get in the way of execution. And there's probably another 85. Probably, on yeah. Give me just two or three. I'm just curious. Uh, try, trying to do uh, too much. As a matter of fact, oh, I got, yeah. uh, you know, some uh, don't have a plan. There's no accountability. Uh, trying to go from A to Z instead of just making, uh, you know, individual uh, small movements. Uh, your rituals. <laughs> Misinterpreting motion with action. Um, doing the, uh, the urgent but not the important. Uh, a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, go, go yeah. on and on. So at the, actually at our podcast, I've done probably about 14 or 15 different episodes on, on some of these things. Well, uh, one more uh, topic I'm curious to ask you about, and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure out where people can find you and your podcast, yeah, yeah. things like that. And that is uh, one of the things that, you, that, that caught my eye when, when you sent me your, your, your bio and things like that is, is on 9-11, you lost a third of your team uh, in the attacks on the World Trade Center. Uh, and, and that obviously had a great effect on you. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, w I was fortunate uh, not to be there. I had moved to Atlanta uh, prior to that. Uh, I was there uh, for five days, actually, on in August of two, uh, 2001. And my, my team was there. Uh, some, some got out, obviously, some, uh, some did not. Um, it, it was devastating to, to the company. But, you know, it's, you, you learned how you've got to just regroup. You've got to, you've got to keep moving. Um, you know, it's, it was a small decision back of four years before that, that prevented me. I actually started my first business, um, a year before that. So, um, I started, my team was there, but it was as a result of me putting a line in the sand. Uh, it was, I was in private equity and, uh, we were doing M and A deals and I was stuck in the office for the second Halloween in a row when my kids were out trick-or-treating. And I said, I don't want to live my life this way. Right. And line in the sand. I said, when the opportunity arises, I want to get out of New York. I want to do my own thing. And I don't want to be 
uh, enslaved to somebody else and, and, and their directives. And as a result of making that decision, that got me uh, to Atlanta. Uh, I was here at that time and then had started my own business. So um, there were some interesting lessons too uh, from the survivors and some of the people that did not survive as well. And, and that is, if you made a decision quickly and you acted, we were in the second tower, we were in the south tower, so we were second tower hit. After the first tower got hit, um, you had a decision. You could take the elevator, you could take the stairs, you could do anything. But if you wasted time, if you pondered what action you were going to take, uh, many of those people perished. It's yeah. the ones that decided, um, I need to take action. I don't know what the right action might be, but I'm going to take some action. Um, you could have gotten out uh, any way uh, that you could have. And, and it reminds me in, in all aspects of life that sometimes we don't know the right path to choose, but while we're moving down the path, making, uh, taking action, taking movement, constantly moving um, is a much better strategy than pondering. Yeah. And, and given that that was, you know, 17 years ago, almost, uh, it seems wow. distant past in, in a way, but uh, I'm sure that it, it just is kind of the, it, part of the foundation of your, your daily life in a sense. It, it's, it's there. Yeah. It's never yeah. going away. So, yeah. No, no, I mean, you know, it was my office for, you know, 12 years. I lost one yeah. of my best buddy uh, yeah. there as well as 76 people that I knew. Um, so yeah, it, it's very impactful. I, I've not yeah. been back. I'd like to go back at uh, some point, but as you said, it's uh, 17 years, but yeah. still raw and real. I, I'm sure. So, uh, where can people find you and the podcast? I'm just curious, uh, online, what's yeah. the best thing? Yeah. It, it, fortunately with a name like Thor Conklin, I have the first <laughs> 16 or 17 pages of Google all to myself. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, thank goodness. I'm not Bob Smith. Um, so you can look at me, uh, find me at uh, thorconklin.com, uh, Facebook's Thor Conklin. Uh, the podcast is peak performers podcast. Um, it's net. You can find it uh, there or you can find it on uh, Lipson or iTunes or, you know, Google. Gotcha. It's all over the place. Is there uh, a story behind how you got the name Thor? I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, actually it is. Uh, so my given name um, is Randall. Um, okay. And it's about 18 years ago. Uh, I just used it in jest one day. And then literally it started to take traction uh, more and more. Uh, it's something that will, will actually be converted to my legal name this year in 2018. Huh. Uh, yeah, so, so my mom still calls me Randy. Uh, <laughs> but everybody else calls me Thor. Um, but really what the thing is, if I could show you what, can yeah. I show you? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. He's going off camera for a second. Hang on. Oh, I like that. Uh, in the background, it says be badass every day. That's, that's so, a good inspiration. <laughs> so this is a uh, statue. Uh, yep. it's called the self-made man. Uh, it's by Bobby Carlisle. And it's for those that aren't seeing the video, if you're watching, hearing this on audio, it's about a man carving himself out of a block of granite. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and this represents Thor to me. And uh, every day I wake up and I try to figure out how to become a better, better version than I was yesterday. Um, and it's about removing those things that no longer belong. Uh, so, you know, I'll answer to Randy, but Thor is, is who I am. It's Thor is who you are. Yeah. All right. Cool, Thor. I really appreciate you spending time with me. And uh, again, uh, appreciate your time and, and sharing your story with you and, and your tips as well. So thanks again, Thor. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the other thing is, uh, if I could do just do for your uh, listeners, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sends me um, a 50 word or less email with the biggest problem that they're facing in their business. Uh, they can send that to Thor at ThorConklin.com. I'll respond to that personally. I'll send you back a four-step system that will absolutely eliminate that problem or at the very least reduce it to the point where it's no longer a big issue. 
I love it. I love it. Thanks again, Thor. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. And thanks again to Thor Conklin of Peak Performance Group for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. You'll notice I'm wearing tie-dye today. It's my my Bob Marley big spliff tie-dye shirt that I found online I just had to have. And (laughs) it's not true tie-dye. It's it's actually printed tie-dye. It's kind of weird, but I still like the shirt. What the heck? So, um... This week's trade show tip of the week comes from the book, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. I'm going to give you a short version of the longer list. The longer list is 27 unboring things to do at your next trade show because, you know, you don't want to be boring at a trade show. You want to be able to draw people in with unboring stuff. So uh, what you might do, one of the things I do is before leaving your office, spend some time on Twitter compiling a list of people at the show who are involved on Twitter. There are tweeters. I'll make a list of who they are and what booth they're from. Stop by the booth and say, hey, I found you on Twitter. People always like that. Uh, Draw attention to yourself and your company. You know, um, I've seen people wear goofy hats. I've seen people wear red wigs, uh, Perry Mickey Mouse ears, Homer Simpson slippers, anything uh, unusual as a conversation starter. Uh, pick up literature from as many booths as possible. Pick up all the stuff. Go back to your hotel room that night. Write down questions about that stuff. Go back to those booths the next day and ask about the stuff that they are sending out literature from. Um, use your phone's video camera and ask visitors to explain why they stopped by your booth. Just put them on the spot. Say, why are you here? What are you finding here? What do you see here? Or go around the floor on your break and get a few comments from other exhibitors about the show and what their experience is at the show. Uh, number five, take a lot of photos. Photos are great. Uh, if you see a cool booth, ask permission for a photo. I always do. I say, hey, you got a great booth. Can I take a picture of it? And I've never had anyone say no. They always say yes. Um, but it's always nice to ask permission first. If you connect with someone via Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, uh, put it online. Put a picture online. Number six, um, Bring chocolates, and instead of handing them, uh, putting them in a bowl at your booth, hand them out as you go from booth to booth to other exhibitors. So, you know, ni- nice size chocolates, and tape your business card to them, and say, "I'm down at booth blank." Okay, there you go. Uh, and number seven, this may be kind of old-fashioned because I don't know how many people use thumb drives. They're still out there, flash drives, you know. Uh, buy a bunch of thumb drives and put your company information on them: brochures, current press releases, catalogs. Uh, website and so on, and have them uh, ready to hand out to a few well-qualified media contacts or potential clients. Great information. And the list, by the way, goes on to 27 unboring things to do uh, at your next trade show. Um, (laughs) So there you go. All right. Uh, One good thing this week. I want to share with you one good thing. I've been listening uh, this morning and yesterday to REM's early catalog. Now, you got to go back to 1983. Their first album came out called Murmur. And I had a roommate at the time. I was not quite 30, but uh, we listened. Uh, somehow we got onto that, and we listened to this thing over and over again. Then they had a new album out the next year called Reckoning uh, in 1984. And the next year, in 85, it was Fables of the Reconstruction. Uh, 1986, Life's Rich Pageant and Document came out in 1987. And those five albums, I don't know. Um, I was a big R.E.M. fan. Got to see him once uh, later years, probably in the 90s. Uh, terrific performance. Uh, pr- uh, great group. And after that, they, to me, they kind of changed. They still put great albums out, but those first five or so were just astonishingly alternative rock. They kind of defined it for the 80s 
and uh, leading into the 90s. And, of course, they, they had a great career. Uh, eventually hung it up. Um, I think Michael Stipe is still out there doing things and the other guys as well. But um, the group is, is gone. But that, those first five albums, I'm going to call them this week's one good thing. So uh, that's it. We'll wrap it up. Tie-dye and all. And uh, Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Thanks again for joining me and hope to catch you next week here.